Hello and welcome to Locked On White Sox. I am your host, Herb Lawrence. This is episode number four, and for the first time, we have a very special guest who will be joining me after the break. And our guest is, of course, my good friend, your good friend, Lawrence Holmes, who works here at The Score, who works also at NBC Sports Chicago, is a professor at DePaul. He's got many jobs. He will join me after the break, but a little housekeeping. We will have that co-host soon and very soon. I've been talking to this guy or girl about what we're going to be doing, and it's very exciting. I'm doing the show solo right now, and I'm enjoying myself, and the feedback's been positive so far. And people who are listening on Spotify or the Megaphone app or Google Play, we appreciate it. We're going to get it on Apple as soon as we can. I sent it out a long time ago, the application. It just hasn't came back as yet. I don't know what the holdup is, but if you're listening to this in the future, I appreciate it, and you're listening on Apple, excellent. It's finally worked. Know that it took a long time to get it to work. So we hear you. We want you to listen on on your platform. So we're going to get that Apple up as soon as we can, and Stitcher also. I heard people want to listen on Stitcher. We will get it on all platforms so it can be universal. There's no way that you would miss a moment. And when you do get it, and if you like it after you listen to it, please subscribe and rate what we're doing here at Locked on White Sox. But the guy or girl that we're going to get is talking to me about all the ideas for Locked on White Sox he's going to bring, or she. You are in for a mega treat. If you like me, you'll like this person. Salt of the earth, knows what he or she is doing, and will bring that much more to the Locked On White Sox podcast. But this is a good day for Locked On White Sox as we have Lawrence Holmes joining me after the break. I don't want to waste any more of your time. I want to get to the man right after this. Guys, I really appreciate you listening to the Locked On White Sox podcast, but I want to know what you're waiting for. I've been talking about BlueChew.com for four episodes now. Yeah, BlueChew.com, blue like the color. You want better sex, better performance? Right now, since you're a loyal listener to Locked On White Sox, we're giving you a special offer. Go to BlueChew.com right now and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, and try it for free like I have. It is a revelation, gentlemen. Get Blue Chew today. It is chewable. It's FDA-approved ingredients of Cialis or Viagra. Go right now. BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment on the house, just pay $5 shipping. And we appreciate Blue Chew because it is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them again for sponsoring the Locked on White Sox podcast. Welcome back to Locked on White Sox. I'm your host, Herb Lawrence. Before the break, I told you I got a special guest. It's our first guest on the podcast. No, he's not going to be the co-host, but we'll have that announcement soon. 
but this guy is the host on 670 The Score, host of the Football After Show, host of the Dave Wanstead Show on NBC Sports Chicago. He's a professor at DePaul, just graduated from Alabama, not Arizona, the host of the Loho Daily, the House of L. Anything else? You're like a Jamaican. You got a lot of jobs. The Under Center podcast I, I host with the guys after the show. NBC Sports Chicago. I actually thought about this the other day. Like, I do have. I have a radio show, a couple television shows, and like four podcasts that yeah. I do. You're nonstop. That's a lot. It is. It is Lawrence Holmes. Thank you for joining me, Lawrence. Oh, Herbie, I w- I'm glad I get to be your first guest. This first, is incredible. It's the fourth show. Yeah, you're my first guest. Thank uh, you for this. I appreciate you having me on so many times on uh, Loho Daily and also the House of Ellen. Of course, when I was a executive producer of your show all the time, you would have me on. And even when I went to San Diego, you had me on a couple times. I've known you for a long time, but it's weird. I don't know how you became a White Sox fan. Like, how did that happen? Well, initially, like, I kind of grew up liking both. Like, I'm, okay. I'm one of those people that I grew up liking both. Like, my favorite players when I was growing up were Ryan Sandberg and, and Carlton Fisk. So when I was playing ball, those were the two guys that I wanted to be. But, you know, I was a little on the, on the Husky side uh-huh. when I was a kid. I think I've told the story before on the air. There's this old, he was the baseball coach of Simeon. He was my my coach for Jackie Robinson West. Name was Johnny. And he basically was like, fat kids don't get to play second base. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine saying that nowadays. I mean, it's just a horrible thing to say to a child. Um, But I always enjoy catching, so I kind of start to lean towards Carlton Fisk. I, I loved Harold Baines growing up, like that sort of thing. And it just kind of developed that I am someone who loves the South Side. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it, is, it is part of my identity. I grew up in Roseland before we moved out to Homewood. I've lived now in, in either Kenwood, Hyde Park, or Woodlawn for the last 20 years. So it just... I felt closer to the White Sox. So not that anyone has to declare, but I because I don't hate the Cubs. I like everyone over there. All those people have been good to me. And the only time that I have any issue with the Cubs is when the White Sox are playing the Cubs. And even then, it's just kind of fun. But that that organization is um, I feel very close to it. Yeah. So that's where kind of how my fandom kind of rose up. I just wonder sometimes why we stay White Sox fans. I know I ask myself that many a times, and it's usually I'm pot committed. I've been in it for 20-plus years. I can't start over. And so I find other teams to quell that you know that angst of the White Sox, and I, of course, choose the Padres. And I just looked up a stat where them, the White Sox, and the Marlins are the worst of the 2010 decade. So I got a good choice. I, I, I pick them well. Why do we stay a White Sox fan? Fan laziness, I think, plays a role in it. I don't want to go have to go look for another team and, mm-hmm. and invest in it. I also, I've been given enough good moments by the White Sox that I'm, I'm willing to let some of this stuff play out a little bit more. The other part for me is identity. There is something about that, that I think that I think that White Sox fans, we kind of hold on to where it's a part of us that being a part of the the South Side baseball team is a thing, especially if you are from and of the South Side, that there there's a there's a credibility mm-hmm. that, that goes along with it. So 
I, I stay. I also have always I've liked even in an era where they win one World Series, they go to the playoffs and again in 2008 or whatever. I did like what their organizational structure said about what could be that you have this Jewish guy who's an owner who's from New York who empowers a black general manager who empowers a Venezuelan manager mm-hmm. that that to me is is pretty cool and and I, I I it showed that every each one of them could do their job you won a championship and each one of them was able to do their job that type of progressive thinking that everyone can be a part of this has always been appealing to me that the white Sox as an organization i think do a really good job and this is anecdotal like i haven't gone you know office by office but mm-hmm. do a good job of reflecting the fan base with which they serve and that's i i found that that's important to me that's a good point you bring up he was the one of the people on the on the minority hiring board, yep. and he put his money where his mouth was. He hired Jerry uh, Jerry Manuel. Manuel. Yep. He hired Ozzie Yean. He hired Kenny Williams to be the assistant under Ron Schuler. The good things about Jerry Reinsdorf is he is very loyal and he sticks to his word. Like the no pitchers over five years, he'll stick to that forever. The bad thing about Jerry Reinsdorf is that he's loyal. And the people that he likes, he hires them forever. I mean, look at Randy Brown. He's off the team now, but that man couldn't coach anything, and he was on the coaching staff of the Bulls forever. Chris Getz is our minor league director now. I don't know if he can do that job, but I know he got that job because Jerry liked him when he's a player, and he came back and did some work under Doug Lauman. He did some work under Hosteller, but it's just you know frustrating that he's the owner that I like the most because he does produce some results, seven championships, the most out of any owner, but also his stubbornness, his his stick-to-itiveness, his loyalty is his downfall. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I, and I, I, do, I really do like that Jerry walks the walk when it comes to some of this stuff. And it's not the only thing that I like about the White Sox, but I I agree that there are times where I wish that he could he would be more heavy-handed in searching for results. And maybe he feels fulfilled at this point as far as, well, look at what I've accomplished. I I put together a coaching staff and a front office in basketball that was able to identify and then build around the greatest player who's ever lived. I still think that that one World Series means more to him than those six championships. And I, he might push back on that and say, well, that's ridiculous. But it's just the way that the celebration in 2005 went and how happy he was when, when the White Sox won that kind of makes me feel that way. I do wish that – I think that we all kind of have in our mind that, that, that the, the owner as ombudsman of a franchise saying, you know, this stuff will not go on, like him coming down and kind of having a reckoning – I feel as if over the last few years, whether it's with the Bulls or the White Sox, that he's been more hands-off, that he's kind of, again, empowered Kenny Williams by promoting him up and then you know, empowering Rick Hahn and all this stuff. I do wonder if, if, in honest moments, is he happy with what he's seeing produced year in and year out? To speak to that, do you—like, sometimes I wonder— 
is there a team that I idolize that how they do their organization? That's spot on. Or that's the team that I would want the White Sox to aspire to. To to parallel this, I am an Illinois football fan. I love what Iowa does. If Illinois could be Iowa every year, perfect. Ranked in the top 25. Eight wins a year. Solid bowl games every season. Not anything spectacular. Sometimes they get 12 wins and they go to a bowl. But never bad, just nice. Like, Is there a team out there in the major leagues that you're like, if the White Sox could be them, I'd be fine? Ooh, that's an interesting question. If the White Sox could be the Rays. Wow. Yeah. I think I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. I, yes, you could possibly win a World Series, but it's unlikely. And you're doing it with a lower payroll than everyone else is. You're you're winning because your organization is smarter, and has had to be. Mm-hmm. You know, Oakland's the same thing. Like the the organization doesn't have the funds. And the White Sox are a team that, even though they're in a major market, I would still offer that they are a small market team. That they they run like a they small market if, team, yes. and um, it it bears out if you look at the numbers of actual White Sox fans in the area, it's dwarfed by Cubs fans, it's dwarfed by Cardinals fans in this area. So I get them having to do that, but it's make sure you're ahead of the curve. Like that, that's where I would like. That's why I like the Rays because it doesn't seem to matter. Andrew Friedman. Joe Madden, those guys can leave, and yet they were still able to build back and put themselves in a position where they can compete. So, obviously, you'd love to see the the White Sox act a little bit more like the Cubs have over recent vintage. Mm-hmm. But for me, be the Rays. Give me that type of hope every year where I know that even if my team doesn't have – $120 million to spend, they can put a great product on the field because they're doing a great job of finding the right type of free agent and they're doing scouting and development. I'm thinking the, of a team that has $120 million to spend and Rick Hahn, to me, signaled the end of the rebuild as far as struggling for wins this past season. In his offseason press conference, he said, Next year, we're looking to compete, looking to win more games than we lose. Am I falling off? Am I being too hard on Rick Hahn to say that 2020 is a shit-or-get-off-the-pot type of year, a compete year into September? They don't necessarily have to win the AL Central for me, but I better see them battling versus the Twins and the Indians, much less than the Indians. Now they're about to give away Frankie Lindor for some damn reason, but... Am I wrong there? No, you're not. And I would imagine that they know that now. White Sox fans have been more patient than I can ever remember White Sox fans being with the the promise of things are going to get better. And in some cases, we have seen guys that they believe in improve. I look at at Yoan Moncada Mm -hmm. as a perfect example. Like They put some faith in making that move. They brought him in. You're sitting there going, okay, I see some of it, but I don't, I don't necessarily see what everyone else sees. And then this year, raking. Just look, one of the best players in – like, honestly, one of the best players in baseball this year per wins above replacement. He was, he was terrific. Tim Anderson, another guy that kind of fit a profile of what they were doing, 
under Kenny Williams. Well, let's get an athlete and see if he can play baseball. Well, this one they got right. <laughs> this is an athlete that, that is getting better at playing the game and is super exciting. You add that to Aloy, who is not a finished product yet, but showed some promise, Lucas Giolito, and and them falling into James McCann, who's still young enough at the, the spot that he plays to be a major factor in what you do over the next three years. So, yes, I think that White Sox fans have been more than patient and that that patience should be rewarded with an offseason that is tight. I don't need you to go out now and spend everybody, but when it comes to the guy that you want, no bullshit. Mm-hmm. Here's the contract. This is the contract. No deferred payments. No uh, at-bat or, or innings pitched, accelerators, none of that stuff. If you want Garrett Cole, I'm just using him as an example. I don't think that they're in the running for Garrett Cole. But if you know that the market says Garrett Cole is worth 250 put 10% on that and then offer it to him. And if he says no, he says no. But you've given your best shot instead of kind of slow playing it and hoping that you will – trick the player and not have a good read on what what's going on around the league. I'm glad that you said that that you put on 10% more. It's like a penalty. It's like a a tax the White Sox have to realize that they're not the prize. You're the White Sox. Yeah, and I'm glad you say it. I want other White Sox fans to realize that they have to overpay to get people here. And then people like, "You know what? White Sox, that's a that's an option for us now." Those things happen. You get people that say, I never thought about the White Sox, because ESPN forgets about the White Sox every year. Forgets that they won the World Series. Yeah, so, yeah, we are the second team in the second city. fine. So, yeah, you have to pay a penalty and a tax. Is there a guy specifically that you want the White Sox to target and get this offseason? I, I, there is, but I, there's no chance of it, and it's Rendon. Oh, Yes. And, and then you'd have to have the conversation of what do you do with Moncada after he played what I thought was a pretty solid third base this year. But you had tweeted out, and I actually talked about it on the show the other day, if if the MLB trade rumor story comes to life and the White Sox end up with Nicholas Castellanos and Dallas Keuchel, I'm good with that. I feel like that is the next kind of level that they need. And I like Castellanos. I think that he adds something to your your clubhouse. I think that he adds a little bit of toughness and sandpaper and professionalism. He gives you professional at-bats. Keiko is perfect for the middle of their rotation. And the way that he pitched in Atlanta this year I thought was spectacular, considering that he didn't have a spring training. If you add those two guys with the expectation of your the rest of your players are supposed to get better, you're supposed to get back Kopech, you're supposed to get back Rodon at some point. I'm I'm satisfied that that, along with a couple other minor deals here or there, I'm satisfied that that was a successful offseason. I'm worried that those solid picks, excellent picks, and I did um, the episode three, I think I said Wheeler, it was Odorizzi. Cole, Cole Calhoun. Odorizzi, I didn't. I scratched off because he the qualifying offer from Minnesota. He's probably going to go back there. Or and I think the White Sox are adverse to picking a guy that they have to give up a draft pick, and it's not a guy that's a big guy like Rendon or Cole. Odorizzi's all right. He's not those guys. He's not Strasburg. 
So it was Wheeler, it was Cole, Cole Calhoun, and it was Howie Kendrick. If they came away with that, I would, me, myself, I would be like, fine. But I think the fan base in general we, we will be using Rick Hahn's words against him and saying, the money will be spent, but you only spent like half of it right. if it comes away with Castellanos and Keiko. Do you think the White Sox fan base will be all right with a minor upgrade like that. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about those being the big moves that okay. you make. And then you can keep adding like like to me adding Howie Kendrick at this point in his career is not a big move. No. You can still do the Castellanos and Keiko and then add in a guy like that mm-hmm. to to your that I think would be helpful. I think think he would be a solid addition along with you if you're the White Sox, you feel you probably feel comfortable that you have at least one star in Moncada. Yes. Probably two, considering that Tim Anderson is the batting champ. And there are a lot of people who tell you that Aloy, along with Robert, Mm -hmm. like you feel like you may have already have some stars that are on team-friendly deals. I'm not saying that that's something that easily takes a a 70-win team and jumps it into a, a, a playoff scenario, but I feel like that's a move in the right direction and the thing that bothered me most about the White Sox in 2019, their their rotation never stabilized. You'd have Lucas Giolito pitch well, and then it was like, I don't know who else is going to pitch well this time around. It was all question marks. And had they had professional starts, replacement level starting pitching, they probably would have won maybe 75 games this season. It would look a little bit better than what it did. But there were so many games when you got to the midway point of the season where you were just not getting Despagne. I remember the game against Ugh. Texas. I remember the game against Texas. <laughs> I forgot about him. I'm watching that guy <laughs> go out there, and I want to say oh, the White God. Sox scored three runs in the first. Mm-hmm. And he came out and gave four runs right back. In the bottom. And I'm like, that's that's the type of thing that you can't have. And watching him make starts for the White Sox this year was just dispiriting. And I can't imagine that it didn't feel that way for the guys that were in the clubhouse, too. You have enough offense, kind of, to be competitive. You had no start. You had a, a, a guy at the back of the bullpen that you trusted. In column A, and it's wasted mm-hmm. because he doesn't get as many opportunities because there's no way in the world you're going to be able to get the ball to him because your starters are so bad. And you know I'm not a manager's guy, but I'm not a fan of Ricky Renteria because of his bunting. He bunts 95% it. more than the average MLB manager. I think only Tito Francona in the American League does it more than he does. What's your thoughts on Ricky Renteria and how he moves his team forward or keeps him stagnant? I don't like – I'm okay with situational bunting. I'm not an extremist when it comes to that. But the situation's got to be right. You're, you're coming up. You have a runner on, on second with nobody out at the, at the bottom of the ninth. You're trying to get a run home to win the game. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, I, I I can accept it. I would prefer that you swing away, but I can accept it. Ricky bunts in the first inning, and I'm just sitting there going, what are you doing? Why are you giving up outs? It's a very National League style to play, 
And to me, it doesn't make sense. I feel like the game is is slowly moving to a more American League style overall. I, I don't understand the giving up of outs. And I know that he had guys that were limited in what they could do, like guys like Adam Engel. But I, I can't support that. Seven I, of the top, well, I think seven of the top eight teams that led in home runs went to the playoffs. The only team is the Cubs. I can't support bunting like that. It has to be specific situations. And he was a little too uh, reckless with giving away outs. It's it's something that I don't like about him as a manager. There are things that I do like. I think that he, after after figuring some stuff out, I think that he has been better at making people accountable by taking away playing time and and trying to really help these young guys along. I do think there's value in that. Managers, to me, I, I think that there's – it, they're important, mm-hmm. but I think Ricky falls into the group of managers that are interchangeable. I think that there's a group of people at the top, like Terry Francona, like Joe Madden, um, like A.J. Hinch. They're at the top of the game, and then there are guys now that Mike Matheny's back, like guys that you wouldn't <laughs> want managing your team at all. There's a couple of guys like that, Clint Hurdle, Mike Matheny, that are at the bottom and then everyone else is just yeah. like you can mix and match them. I don't know if Ricky will ever ascend to being one of those guys that you win that maybe you are talking about he's plus five wins. I think the White Sox could do better. I think they could do a hell of a lot worse. Last thing I got for you, Lawrence, and it's Lawrence Holmes joining me here on the Lockdown White Sox podcast. Are you going to re-up on your season tickets? It's so funny. I just got – I just got a. Uh, you know, they, they they scare you. They definitely try to scare you. Oh, your seats are not going to be available. <laughs> Come on. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> no, you're right, Marissa. They're not going to be available. I'm debating what I'm going to do. Um, It's been weird. Like, going to games has been – I haven't enjoyed going to games because – this is going to sound – I'm going to sound like a total dick, but – I haven't enjoyed going to games because I can't go in anonymity anymore. Okay. Like, that's the place where I'm probably most famous. Yes. And so going to games is, it's not as fun because I'm working while I'm at the game when really what I want to do is just kind of go to the game. I mean, you're probably one of the most famous White Sox fans, actual fans. I'm not talking Chance the Rapper. That man is like, you know, once he's in a while. Not, he's not watching that's White not, Sox baseball. That's not Barack Obama. He doesn't even know the damn center field's name. Yeah, Ch- Ch- Chance is just, he's in it for the for the, for the the fits, and I'm okay with that. Hey, man, he keeps on wearing the gear. That yeah, looks he, right. He's he's moving things forward in that regard. Kevin but no, Durant, too. Like, Chance, Chance is not out at games talking about, you know, Pitching changes and all that stuff. I mean, maybe Mayor Daly, yourself, trying to think of a guy that goes to a lot of games, guy or girl that goes to a lot of games. Richard Roper. Yeah, Richard Roper, more famous than me. Yeah. For sure. But I'm trying to debate on what what excites me, though, is with the Nets all the way around, I can go back downstairs. Oh, yeah. If I want. But I'm starting to think. Instead of my like 30 game package that I kind of have, like I do weekends and then Mel will pick out some day some day games that she wants to go to. I'm wondering if I just spend what I would spend on those tickets on like 10 games, but scout seats. Wow. 
Scout seats are pimp. That's we, the, we went together. Yeah, like that's where I'm at because that that experience for me has been tremendous. Like I really like that. I think it's a good way to entertain. Uh, I think it's a good way to reward people that you're friends with or, you know, if they want to go to a game or, like, your crew, like, all of that. So that's where I'm at. I'm, and I haven't talked with the White Sox. I need to talk with my my uh, salesperson, Marissa, or my guy, Mike Mazza. I think it might be a better bang for the buck for me to pick 10 games and go to either. Like I love the Gold Club, too. I love watching games from there. Either that or do the scout seats. Because the last time I went, uh, my friend my friend Joanne, you've met Joanne. I've met her, yeah. She's a Twins fan, so we will go and hang out at Twins games. We're sitting there at the game, and she's like, what's that place where they just throw hot dogs? And I'm like, oh, those are the scout seats. She was like, why aren't we sitting there? <laughs> and I was like, all right, maybe we can step it up and we can. And Mel loves those seats, too. Like when I took Mel to to the seats that are super close, she's into it. So that's that's where I'm at. I I'm going to spend my money at 35th and Shields. It's just a matter of how am I going to spend that money. And hopefully I'll be joining you in one of those games. Oh yeah, you're definitely in there, baby. I mean, I love giving away. I actually really love giving away my tickets to fans too. It, yeah, you do it and then tie it in with a charity sometimes. Yeah, and then they uh, it's a win win for everybody. Yeah, it's good and people go and the seats that I had like I was five thirty one pimp. I I think those are some of the best seats in the building for the price. You can't beat it. You really can't. And if you buy a season package. You get access to the concourse. I remember you gave me those tickets, and it says, yeah, on the ticket, you get access to everywhere. So so it's a great value. It's just that with my usage, and I I, I don't know if, if it's worth it for me to re-up that way. But the White Sox will get my money. It's just how am I going to give them the money? Understood. Thank you, Lawrence, for joining me here on the Locked On White Sox podcast, the first guest of our uh, our journey, our maiden voyage of this. Me being inaugural. solo. You love inaugural. inaugural. Me being solo. We're going to have a guest. We're going to have a co-host. This co-host is going to be great. Really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah? It's going to make this show so much better. All right. Well. It's going to make me mellow out or balance me when I do get off the handle. All right. I, I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate uh, you asking me to be on the podcast. This was a lot of fun, as per usual. And please don't hesitate to ask me to come back. Definitely will. And thank you for coming on the Locked On White Sox podcast today, Lawrence Holmes. That'll do it for us today. I appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, usually, we like to run these from 15 to 20 to 35 minutes at most. This one's about that. Tell a friend if you like it. Tell a neighbor. Call your daughter. Call your sons. We're having a good time here on Locked On White Sox. Thank you for listening.